Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome to another Weekly Jump, where we jump weekly and uh, other times, I guess, as well. Anyways, and sometimes we jump every other weekly. <laughs> oh my god, man, we are we are so off the rails at this point. It's ridiculous. It's just. But again, uh, I think we addressed this in last Monday's episode uh, when we actually got to record together, which was very cool and you know a lot better than recording remotely. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, you know, I think you and I were both. Uh, expecting to have a lot more content after that convention instead of zero content. (laughs) Yeah. That was gonna, that was gonna really uh, help us put out a lot of stuff. And instead we came away from that convention with absolutely zero things. Um, There is a piece of news that I put in the notes for the Friday pod uh, that is somewhat related to something. One of the, um, it's absolutely related convention (laughs) said, but, well, yeah, it's it's directly related. It is con- confirmed, but uh, yeah, there's, I don't think that we came away from that convention with any any news or any content that uh, was not immediately revealed publicly outside of the convention. But we'll talk about that in the Friday episode. So if you want to know about that, yeah. you better fucking listen to it. Anyways, yeah, I'm not going to talk um, any more about it today. All right, <laughs> but so, today I mean in this episode because we're recording the Friday episode after this, so I'll right. be talking. So let's let's go ahead and get into our page flips. Um, oh wait, you wanted to do our screen oh, yeah. time first, right? Let's do screen time first. We we uh, had a, a request in our uh, Discord from Booty Stank. Uh, well, I don't know. Sometimes it's a request. Sometimes it's people just talking about a thing, and I secretly take down notes. So I don't know if you requested this specifically, but Booty Stank requested and or offhandedly mentioned the Promise Neverland. Um, we have covered that several times on the show, but we have not technically covered it for a weekly jump episode. So I threw it in here. Um, and uh, yeah, if you don't know promise Neverland, it's about, uh, I don't know, 12 or so year old kids. They're very cute. They live on a um, sort of idyllic orphanage that turns out to have a very dark secret. And when they discover that secret, several of the kids start to hatch a plan to escape, but quickly discover that the caretaker of the orphanage is also at least in part tasked with keeping them there and it becomes a really fun sort of like outsmarting each other cat and mouse game. Yeah. I don't know if really fun is the is the right phrase <laughs> for it. Um well, yeah, that's fair. I I would say it's really fun in the way that Death Note is really fun where you're like, "Oh, that's clever. This is enjoyable." It is not fun from the perspective of like we're all having a good time it's very stressful and tense but uh in the way that those things are fun it's fun yeah it's more supremely dark and fucked up and the fact that the future (laughs) is being completely controlled by a demonic uh super community that is still holding on to humans because humans are delicious especially when they're children um so in order to satiate these monsters, we are growing our children to be the tastiest that they can be for these monsters before giving them up as like offerings to the new gods of the world. Um, 
it's it's really really fucked up um and it's also just one of those things that is like a a new take on a dystopian u- universe and future um mm-hmm. i i think that it is probably one of the most intriguing ideas for a anime in a long time when I first watched the show, I was told nothing about it. Not uh, the only yeah. thing I was told is that I should watch a couple of episodes. So I watched it completely blind and got to the end of episode one. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, it's yeah, just it's like, when it, it's like when I picked up, um, attacked on Titan and I was like, I, I had no idea oh, yeah. what was coming. And it just, it just completely floored me by the end of the first episode. And I think yeah. promise Neverland. um, their biggest problem, uh, or at least from most people's perspective on it, um, I've watched the first two seasons of the show, um, and a lot of people agree that they didn't stick the landing so much in the later seasons so far. Um, it's gotten yeah. a lot of uh, critical backlash from people. Um, so uh, I have not read any of The Promised Neverland yet, uh, and I have, at least not that I remember... I may have read the first three chapters if we've covered it on here, but I don't think we have. Uh, and uh, I have only watched the first season and I loved it. I devoured it. I mean, we had to watch more than half of the first season for a crossover episode we did with a, another podcast like two years ago. now at this point, maybe even more. Uh, yeah, it was more cause I lived in Cheyenne at the time, I think. And, um, and so, uh, like I haven't seen that much of the story because there's a lot of chapters and the you know the first season covers a lot of ground, but it's uh the story expands a lot after what happens at the end of the first season. Um and I have seen some people, uh like some anime YouTubers and stuff talking about the reactions to season two and some of the I don't I don't know if controversy is correct. I think that might be a misleading term, but just sort of the um dissatisfaction that people had with season two. And it sounds like if you are going in blind, if you haven't read any of it, you may be slightly baffled at some pacing choices in season two, but you will generally enjoy it uh, unless it's just not the direction you want that story to go. Obviously, that could always happen. But uh, if you're kind of if you're kind of enjoying what they're doing with it, you're probably going to enjoy season two. And if you have read the manga, you are probably going to be frustrated with season two because apparently they did a time skip or compressed a lot of disparate things into a single season or something basically people who know the story as it is told in the original source material were upset with season two for how it told that story or chose to tell that story and people who didn't know what to expect were generally pleased is kind of what i have heard from some of the uh anime youtubers that i follow so um anyway i think this is a great show i think season one honestly is a good time regardless of whether you read anymore, regardless of whether you watch or enjoy season two. I think season one is great. Um, so yeah, I've seen the whole thing. I would, I would highly recommend this. I've heard that the manga is pretty dope. Um, and again, if you have not read the manga, you're probably going to enjoy season two anyways. Yeah. So just go into it, uh, prepared and it's, uh, it, it may lift you up. It may horrify you. Um, yeah, and you know what? I also I hate. We've covered this a lot on Chimera Ants and stuff like that. I really, really don't like it when people get eaten. Um, it, it makes it hard for me to enjoy like zombie media and stuff like that. Um, there are definitely exceptions that I have enjoyed, 
Um, but uh, that is kind of at the core premise of this series, and I just I just love it. Uh, at least in the first season, it's not. It is more of a threat than a thing that happens to a lot of characters, and, or a thing that you see a lot of, or that is just like in the way that the chimera ants eat people, and there are like sound effects and sequences that sort of highlight that. In this, it's more of an understanding that it does happen or could happen, rather than a sort of like tangential experience of the show trying to like push it at you and make you feel some sort of way. And uh, and so even though that is a thing that I really do not respond positively to, this show did not sort of tweak that negative reaction, and I really, really enjoyed it. So worth pointing that out as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's <sighs> then talk about our uh, manga, because... Uh-huh. What did you make me read, Blake? Uh, tell well, tell the class. <laughs> it's called Kawa, I guess. C O W A with an exclamation point. Uh, well, you know, it's on Shonen Jump, and I took all the titles on Shonen Jump, and I put them on a word, uh, an Excel document, and I randomized the order, and this was the next one in the order. And uh, it's weird. It's kind of cute. It, it's uh, Akira Toriyama. And I, I looked up the um, Wikipedia article on this. It ran from, I believe, 97 to 98. It was his first major project after he completed Dragon Ball in 1995, which I can't believe is how long ago Dragon Ball was completed because it has stayed relevant since then. And is, you know, like, if you consider Dragon Ball Super a continuation of it, which it is technically a continuation of it, although, you know, obviously it's not a direct continuation because there's a long gap. But, uh, you know. Uh, Dragon Ball Super is ongoing, and uh, I just like saw some email or something about Dragon Ball Super Heroes, which I'm assuming is a an updated title to indicate a continuation and or shift in Dragon Ball Super. So like this is a a, a creator whose you know magnum opus is alive and well to this day, uh, nearly thirty years after it was completed. Good God, uh, and um. This is his first big project after this. This is a series that ran for 14 chapters collected in a single Tankobon volume. Uh, it's about a little vampire boy who also happens to be a were-koala. And uh, he has, um, like, I don't know, cute little Japanese kid adventures around town, but through the lens of the fact that he's a monster. And uh, the artwork is super simple, but you, very clearly Akira Toriyama's character designs and artwork. You can just tell immediately. Um, also, a lot of fart jokes, which is also very Akira Tori- uh, Toriyama. This felt like a kid's series. Oh, it absolutely did. It also gives you great, great sentences that you can say afterwards. Like, did you find it fun when that watermelon was stolen from the mummy man? Uh-huh, I did. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, I also enjoyed when he was like, he, he got home and he was, uh, he had his friend dress up or like change form to look like a watermelon. Yeah. And he came home and he said the watermelon was ripped in half. And he was like, uh-huh. what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is horrible. And also his friend was a ghost and I don't know that that works, but this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. But it turns yeah, out it's he just felt guilty. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of implications of children's show manga yeah. from this. It, it, it it's feels a lot on like children's that. show logic. I, I will say that the the Wikipedia article mentions specifically that the series is about the main character and his friends venturing out to find a cure for a flu that is going around their hometown. 
And that does not appear in the first two chapters. And then it shows up very suddenly in chapter three as this thing that the kids are not particularly focused on, but that is clearly something more like it's not a gag. Like people are in the town are really sick and like, like their teacher is missing work and several of the kids' parents are sick and the kids are just going around getting ready for school and being like, Oh, your parents are sick too. That's so weird. And then they go and have like a, an adventure that is about them being kids and has nothing to do with people being sick, but you can just tell because it doesn't come back and because it doesn't come up to a punchline, that there's something more going there. And so when I was reading the Wikipedia article to learn a little bit about the series, they mentioned specifically that the summary of the plot is about them going on an adventure to find a cure. So it seems like chapter three is the kind of properly inciting incident for what will be the remaining 11 chapters of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sounds interesting. There wasn't any like venturing in the first three chapters. They are just kind of tooling around town being kids. So I don't know if there's like a shift in the series. Um, I suspect that if there is, it is not a major tonal shift um, or anything like that. This just seems like a breezy, family-friendly type of thing. Um, I found it uh, perfectly inoffensive and uh, not particularly compelling to my specific interests for a manga. But uh, if you got kids, it's probably a fun one for them. Technically, it has monsters, but they're all awfully cute. And uh, I don't know, if you like Akira Toriyama's artwork, this is that. Uh, it's definitely not complex like Dragon Ball is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, it's simplified it's a lot. Stuff. The way that he plays yeah. around with his artwork inside of this is definitely a lot more simplified than some of his later works. Um, it's 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 even more like simplified than his early works. Obviously, it's like it's yeah. it's it's done with a style that almost resembles a a American cartoon from Cartoon Network or something like that. It has a, yeah, a little bit. It has a style that that almost harkens to another country's artistic style of doing something inside of a manga, which I think is a really cool play, honestly, because you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of that inside of Japanese manga, at least today where a lot of the stuff that they're doing, you know, you have, you have stuff like from the past, like hello kitty or something like that, right. Where mm-hmm. you have that, that very, simplified artwork but it still has its own style that feels like um what is it is it kawaii um that's like just like well cute cute stuff yeah kawaii is the word for yeah cute. um and it's it's like a, a style inside of children's stuff in japan right um yeah. and in the american version it seems a lot more like there's there a bunch of different desperate styles that sort of feel like an amalgamation desperate, right desperate yeah disparate god i'm very <laughs> tired blake i've been up since like 5 30 this morning um i like desperate styles though. yeah that's no that's uh, intriguing it's a bunch of styles that are inside of uh american cartoons that when pushed together form like a feeling of american cartoons um that this feels more like that than it feels more like a a Japanese manga for kids even because I've yeah. I've read a couple of kids mangas and they they look very much like the same style as a either an older more simplified manga form aka something like an Astro Boy um yeah uh or 
or something that looks more akin to a, you know, shonen style drawing style, you know, but yeah, you know, um, I've got some fun trivia about this before we sign off. I, I guess I would say if I'm, if I didn't make it clear, I would recommend this. If it's your kind, kind of thing, if you're looking for something short and breezy, or if you're looking for something to share with your kids this is a good one. If you're looking for something uh, with a little more meat on its bones, I don't think this is going to be that for you, but it is cute. Um, also of note, Akira Toriyama was, he had some like, uh, arm injuries after his many, many strenuous years on Dragon Ball. And he was like pretty adamant that he didn't want to do another weekly release schedule. And so he was resistant to the idea of releasing another manga series. And he was resistant to the idea of turning this into a series until the editors told him that he could pretty much do whatever he wanted with it. And that was what persuaded him. And also he put himself on a three weeks on one week off schedule. So instead of having to release a chapter every week, he got to take every fourth week off. Um, and even though he was injured, he refused to work with like an assistant because he wanted to do it all himself. Uh, so I thought those were all interesting things about Akira Toriyama. And if you've done any reading on Akira Toriyama and the way that he works, it feels very in line with how he is. Um, and I just thought that was fun. Anyway, yeah. that's it. All right. Well, uh, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look... No matter what anybody thinks is cool, you don't have to get a barcode on you anywhere on your body. Mm. You're just asking to be scanned and put into ostensibly meat market. So, uh, yeah, don't put that on your body. Anyways, I uh, I forgot everything you said before meat. <laughs> <laughs>